helping make people poorer since 1971. <laughs> <laughs> I hope he does sell some Bitcoin. And I hope when he sells it, he sells it to buy a country and becomes the giga chad of that country and goes, Bitcoiners are welcome. Come here and do what the fuck you want. And then I'm going to go to his country, buy a little bit of land off him and live there. I hope he does that because but what happens if he actually buys a country, builds a Terminator factory? I know. <laughs> and then he sends one someone back back in time to try and kill you as a baby. I know. See, that could happen. <laughs>
I think we started pretty um, close to the line and then just carried on going over it. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think we ever started on the right side of the line. I think our, um, yeah, I think our, I, I, that's what I was worried about when I submitted it to Apple. They say they review your podcast and stuff, and I went, oh, I wonder if they're going to listen to the first, like, what they're going to listen to, if they're going to like just review it uh, to see if we should be allowed on the platform. And like the first thirty seconds of our first podcast is, I mean, it's, I think it's where you go oh, we need a warning on this or something. And I go, yeah, yeah, if you're easily offended, go fuck yourself. Like, that's in the first 10 seconds. I'm like... And what was the second one about our advertising strategy about using glory holes? Two of our episodes have the word penis in. <laughs> I'm like, I'm, 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 not, I'm not sure we're going to be um, quite Apple-friendly content, but I was amazed. They approved us, we're on there. I'm sure if we ever get an actual following, we'll be very quickly cancelled. At the moment, we're flying under the radar, so... Anyone listening, yeah. I'd think I um, like it. An inter- interesting update over the last week is um, I gave a lift to someone to a um, charity event, and um, I'm, I think I'm in the process of orange pilling him. Mm. So we'll wait and see because he's fairly young as well. And I was explaining to him about inflation because he had no clue. And, he, and I was like, if you look at your place where you live, your house, it'll climb every week. I mean, sorry, every year, it'll go up somewhere about three to five percent. So did it on the calculator. He's like, oh, he never understood why his place gained value. And I was like, it's inflation because your wages just mean less and assets which people want mean more. And it was a bit of a revelation for him, but I kind of almost wish, because he's a bit younger than me, I would just wish that someone had said that to me, um, you know, 10, 15 years ago. But then again, I probably would just not realised. I know. Well, it's, it's amazing, isn't it? I think the same thing. Because I, I think what, what everyone likes to think when they, get into the property world is they all everyone likes to think that they're a genius that oh yeah look I'm look how much money I'm making my house is going up in value and it's a case of oh it's not this money's worth less <laughs> so to buy the same you have to pay more like your shopping's it's- going up in value as well your petrol goes up in value so of course your house goes up in value but don't you it just doesn't matter like are your wages going up as fast as your house is if it isn't it means you're taking a pay cut because your house is not going up in value it's staying the same yeah, because I was talking about the you know the concept of cheap debt, cheap debt because of all this, and then also um, <clears throat> he was calling his house an asset. I said it's not an asset; it's a liability. You spend money on it, you don't make any money, and you can't realise the value of that house unless you sell it, and that means you're homeless. Exactly. So, yeah, interesting talk. And like I said, I kind of wish someone had said these kind of things to me, but I, I'm I'm not entirely sure I would have taken them on board. So I think it's just so far off my radar. Whereas I think he's had a couple of questions in his head saying, you know, why are things going up? Well, I, I just think personally, I think if um if they just spent, say, I don't know, a month or so, instead of doing just basic maths and just re- reading, learning random trigonometry and thinking signs and cosines, they just replaced one month of those lessons and went, we're going to teach you about inflation and we're going to teach you about how prices go up based on the money supply and all that. I think that would have clicked, but the reality is no one tells you. And even when you do ask the question and the people you ask tend to be people you work with, your, your, your parents, your friends, no one has the answer. And people just, and like I said, I think people like to think they know why house prices go up and by and large it's because they're a genius and no one. <laughs> I am a genius. So my house price has gone up. Yeah. So, but everyone else has did. Well, they're geniuses as well. <laughs> <laughs> It's quite an. Int- it's actually one which probably leads into a subject. So, 
inflation going up is a good thing. So I think an article which you picked, it was a, a one which I couldn't see because it was a paywall, but I think I searched the title and it came up with some very similar articles. So I took it as maybe I've taken the right article, but I'm not entirely sure. I must have had my monthly allowance to um, the New York Times. Actually, yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's um, I, this didn't have a paywall on it. And then they, I think actually, yeah, I think this might happen. Sometimes they do this, like they, they don't put up behind a paywall for the first day or two. And then after uh, that, they paywall it. So yeah, it's, it's disappeared for me as well now. But but yeah, it's, it's an article from, well, originally the New York Times, but I'll probably have to change the link so people can actually read it. Um, but, but yeah, they're trying to say that inflation is actually a good thing. Uh, so I took it from Tech Live, and I don't know if it's the same article. Um, and it, here's a quote from it. Help, help to nudge inflation expectations back out of a dangerously low zone to levels that are historically consistent with healthy price gains. <laughs> so bear in mind, these are things which inflate people into poverty. Yeah. So, you know, let's translate this from inflation going up is a good thing to it's great being poorer each year as it stimulates your economy or other rewards are rich for people who can afford to hoover up all the assets at the top of the chain. That's fundamentally what it means. It doesn't mean, you know, like, um, you know, like uh, whoever, like Darren, who works at new local supermarket, who's going, why on earth can't I afford my Netflix, my rent, you know, my um, 10 beers a week, you know, because that's what he lives for. And it's because he's being inflated out of what he actually enjoys. So you're going to have only have nine beers or something this year per week. And it's just making him poorer. Yeah. It's it, it's a weird one because we read an article now. It's they, Yeah, they obviously, they always settle down to go, oh, yeah. They completely dismiss. If, if, if inflation is only 25 to 3%, then it will not cause any meaningful problems. It's just, yeah, the economy won't completely collapse. That means everyone's 3% poorer. And if you're running your life on a currently about a 10% profit margin um, based on your spending to earnings, then that 3% now leaves you only on seven. So yeah, like you just said, like the, the, the luxury spends, which is holidays, your beers, your meals out, you now can do 30% less of that because uh, you only had 10% to spend. But I'd like to also say when you talk about 3%. Yeah, that's... I mean, yeah, that's this is an exceptional period. Like we're talking more like 14, 15% over the yeah. last 12 months. Exactly. Yeah. And that's that's why they're trying to go, oh, it's it will likely just settle down. Yeah, it's way higher now. They reckon it will settle down, which don't give any basis for that. And they go, oh, but don't worry, it won't be like the 1970s, uh, where America basically just had crazy inflation and everything got out of control and they went to recession. <laughs> that's because they disconnect themselves from gold and thought no one had noticed. Yeah. And it's like, it, it's funny because it's happened every single time. So I've been reading a book called, I think it's Inflation and Price Controls, particularly thrilling for people who, <laughs> for other people, but it is talking about every single circumstance where it's happened. And it's literally Canada, Germany, UK. Um, I think I've had France, ancient Rome, and it's talking about how they've, um, I think even like ancient Aztecs. So they inflate the monetary supply and then they try and put price um, controls on everything, including wages, food. I and mean, then all it results in is people going, I can't afford to produce this because you've inflated all the stuff surrounding it. So all my raw materials are more. 
but you want me to cut my food at this and I'm actually making a loss doing that food. So farmers stop producing. And that's, you know, the next step along is if we ever do get to a price cap, then that's when we really get in trouble and we go, oh yeah, we'll do this. And then it's, uh, well, actually they can't afford to produce this at all. Yeah. But I think that's where we'll get naturally because when people haven't got the money to actually spend, have they? Yeah. And did you see the other link that I put in here, which was um, a link, breaking news. There's no inflation, actually, if you don't count the inflated items. And this is a serious... So this is the National Economic Council, Brian Deese. And... It's only if you count meat. <laughs> yeah, if you don't uh, count beef, pork and poultry... Grocery prices apparently haven't gone up more than 3%. So it's the meat that's gone up in values. Let's just take out meat. But it's, it's because it's controlled by the top four producers. So it's price fixing. <laughs> it's just, it, I, I it, couldn't believe what I was watching. It was American, wasn't it, if I remember correctly? Yeah, a lot. Of, unfortunately, a lot of this is American, but it all just translates into the same thing, yeah. doing the same thing. Because we have had more extreme inflation in America, you know, what was it, 22% last year? So you have had a fifth extra increase on any, any kind of thing like a meat. Because I think it was back in, was it 70s when it went off the gold standard? And either the president or the vice president encouraged all farms to get big or get out. Yeah. And so things like vegetables and crops and corn can be scaled. So there is a massive profit margin there because it's cheap. But meat, you know, you're fairly limited what you can do with a pig. You can't really make them more efficient and you end up with massive amounts of disease if you don't actually sort them out properly. Yeah. Um, but we there's another line, in line with historical norms. Yeah. Which is still the... That allows them to do the 2 to 5% and then you can go, yeah. So that, that what they're basically admitting there is grocery prices have increased probably by 2 to 5%. That's on everything but they've actually gone up more like 15 to 20 if you include the meat. And when you really look at like, well, why is meat? It's like, well, yeah, like you said, it's animals. You've got to feed them. It's hard to get the efficiencies there. And I'm sure there's like less subsidies and all that kind of stuff that can be plowed in. You just know that this is what they've always done with CPI. CPI is a complete lie anyway. So the two to 5% has always been a lie because every time there's a product in there that inflates too much and pushes that number too high, they take it out and go, it's an anomaly. And it's literally what they're doing here. But normally they do it behind closed doors. This guy is actually announcing it publicly going, yeah, yeah, we don't want to put groceries have gone up by 15, 20%. So instead, all we'll say is now they've just gone up with historical norms, which means they've gone up by about 5%. But we're going to take out meat. And again, I think this is a little bit of a double thing as well, where number one, they're um, lying about inflation. Number two, I think there is a bit of a war on meat. They seem to want to get us off meat for multiple reasons. Uh, and it seems to be um, the whole, they're going to blame climate change. They want to get us onto this like manufactured sludge and try and get everyone eating vegan and all that. I'm not completely sure what the motivation is other than just they're making everyone into like soy boys or something. But they didn't want to get rid of all the alpha males eating their steaks. But <laughs> That's far too much Twitter, um, Bitcoin Twitter there. But it's but it's it's weird. There does seem to be a war on me, and I'm not. This the thing. I don't actually. This is this is something that's just started in my brain. Where I'm not sure why. I'm not sure why they really want us to get us off meat and into this like processed food instead. But it's just it's it's interesting that they've kind of highlighted these three things. And then sometimes when you read some of the comments, 
it is oh well this is a good reason to not eat it then the price is going up and you can almost see it's like well, if you can't afford to eat well, what are you eating you eating meat or eat, eat a pizza or eat some veg that they haven't gone up as much and you're kind of like mm, what are they, why are they doing this this is, this is weird well the thing is like a poor diet so carb rich encourage it doesn't have the building blocks which you need you need fat and you need protein literally it's had a few studies done it carbohydrates and next to useless but it's basically energy but you don't actually need much energy to actually function so it's a big myth on how much carbohydrates you should eat um looking at the pyramid so i think it's just because it's cheap like they're inflating they're inflating it beyond anyone's means so why not just take out the equation and just the rich can eat it I think that's a way of looking at it of why they're exactly they're up, what they're they're up to. It's uh, yeah, it's bizarre. Um, do you go on to El Salvador? Because uh, yeah. so uh, you get are you going? Yeah, I do. I'm going to plan a trip. Yeah, in the next couple Ooh. of weeks. But yeah, there's a big event there. Uh, so where's that event? Yeah, so the El Salvador event in November. Yeah, it looks like they're going to focus. It looks really good. They're calling it the Lightning Summit, summit uh, November 16th. Uh, so it's a couple of months away, like two months away yet. So we've got a bit of time. Um, I'll probably leave the next couple of weeks before lockdown comes in in the UK. <laughs> You're confident. But yeah, I, I, I would be, I'm probably like 90%, I would say, right now. What By what date? Um, oh, by what date? Um, the restrictions will probably start coming in, I reckon, in about a month's time. And then by probably by around this date, probably I reckon about two months, there will be chaos. You reckon November? Yeah, mid, mid-November, yeah. They will be threatening lockdowns because they'll be trying to get the boosters and um, they'll be going, we won't lock down if you get your booster. And then everyone will run in, get the booster, they'll lock you down anyway. That's, that'll, <laughs> that'll be my prediction. Bitty wants his nearly dividend payment. <laughs> Bitty wants his dividend. <laughs> have you been posting on LinkedIn lately? I haven't. I got banned for a week and then I kind of left it. Yeah, because I've noticed any posts off you because I think I became addicted to LinkedIn just looking for any comments from you. Yeah, I think I've been shadow banned because I've been getting notifications and I click on stuff and there's nothing there. So I think like even if I post, it just goes into a black hole. I think, I think LinkedIn have like shadow banned me yeah so even if i post it doesn't show up anywhere so i'm just like i've just gone to sod you then like if i'm if i'm banned just tell me i'm banned i i think i'm if i post you can't see it <laughs> yeah so i was looking for some entertainment i'm like oh there's no entertainment here um it's a bit of a shame yeah it sounds interesting I'm, I'm guessing it's gonna be broadcast and i think i read the article i think they're about who they're sponsored by and i think you're gonna probably have all the the usual faces, I'm guessing, like Mike, Max, um, and um, Chad Saylor. Yeah, well, it'd be good if Chad Saylor's there. Uh, um, Alex Goldstein. That's like... uh, the charity guy, isn't it? Yeah, the Human Rights Foundation. Yeah, and then you've got Stephen Levera, who's got a great podcast under that name. So they're listed. But I think that basically what looks good is there's, there's basically two main tracks, and one is for El Salvadorans. And then one is for you know, Bitcoiners is coming in. So, because I think the main purpose of this is to educate people from El Salvador. So I'd imagine the bulk of the conference is going to be in Spanish, which obviously isn't going to be great for me, but it'll be fine. Because uh, for you them, could, you could take your um, phone and put Google Translate on it. 
So I think it does do voice. <laughs> I'm yeah. sure they probably have a translation service anyway there. Yeah, I think uh, that's the thing. I think they're going to focus the majority of the, the event in Spanish and because it's for them. And then they know that people can obviously fly in and they're going to do some in English and talk about Taproot. And yeah, because Taproot will be, yeah, actually Taproot gets activated in November. Uh, uh, well, it, actually, has it been voted in? Because I think last time which we spoke about it, it was, um, it no one really understood it or knew about it. So they kind of ignored it, whereas then it was it was starting to catch on. Yeah, yeah, we probably missed it. Yeah, it, it got a lot of, um, yeah, it's, it's kind of just like, yeah, no one noticed it, then bang, exponentially went up, everyone just agreed to it. So it all got locked in, and it's getting... It's, some, it's basically, what was Taproot again? Because it allowed you to ignore any marks when it had been through CoinJoin, and what were the other advantages to it? Uh, scalability as well, so the blocks are smaller. Okay. So there's yeah, less data in each block, which means you can get more transactions per block, and then privacy as well, yeah, on... So we're, we're not going to boil the oceans as much. Yeah, <laughs> potentially. <laughs> it's, it's, they're relatively minor. Like it's like, like with anything with Bitcoin, it's just like you're massaging around the edges now. Satoshi built it fucking perfect. Lightning is the huge improvement. This is on the main chain. So it's like 2% extra yeah. privacy, 2% extra scalability. But really where you get 100x scalability is Lightning. And we've, we've already got Lightning. So this yeah, is a nice but I think Taproot sounds sensible. I think the whole thing about, I think now we're starting to see the kind of fight against um, Bitcoin with El Salvador, as in um, all the FUD which is coming out from IMF and various other outlets saying, you know, that it's because um, the president's corrupt or he wants to do money laundering or whatever. And it's just like, well, actually, he, you know, he wants to solve poverty problems which are caused by the inflation of the US dollar. Um you know, the fact that they're starting to really fight this one, it can join how, how you can anonymize your coins. So I think there is actually relevance to this now. And I think it'll probably be a bit bigger than you, well, a lot bigger than you were trying to state then. So I know that Lightning's, Lightning is basically what is enabling the Salvadorians, but this is what will help everyone else. Yeah, true enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the great thing about Lightning as well, obviously, is it's scalability, but also privacy. No one can track you on Lightning. Uh, so it's also hugely private. But um, yeah, there's two stories as well So with El Salvador at the moment, because there's not only is this event happening, which is great. Hopefully I'll be there and I can say what happened. But also there's another story. And meet some Latinos. <laughs> yeah, maybe, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm my Spanish. But um, um me, me llamo Mr. All in. Yeah. <laughs> El podcast La Four Beats. <laughs> Don Dester, <laughs> La Discotech. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, as well as all the stories, yeah, and I, I do like like yeah, the, the FUD stories that came out. I I actually specifically like every time they mention the president, they tend to drop in the word dictator in there. You know, like He's not. He, like, he does have a huge majority, and it does seem like he does smash policies through, like this Bitcoin policy. But he just has a huge majority. He's technically a democratically elected official. But yeah, yeah I, I think there's no denying it. I mean, we'll wait a few years because I think for it to come in, into effect, because they're saying, oh, no one's going to adopt it, and it's causing a big cost for everyone. But as far as you know, maybe I'm misunderstanding because you know I'm probably not fully in the know. But so I come to your shop 
I want to buy some coffee or I want to pay my bill. I've got a lightning wallet. You've got your lightning wallet. You go, you owe me £3.20. Great. And I scan your QR code. So there's not much infrastructure on your side, is there? Because you'll probably be taking it through your phone. Yep. Okay. <laughs> it's sound, and then a bigger chain like a Starbucks would be, you know, for an actual till, they'd have it linked into the internet. So I suppose actually, go, sorry, going back to the corner shop or, you know, small services one, I think a good way of looking at this is the many small businesses now, they use various things like um, Stripe and um, I'm trying to remember the name of some of the other companies, a square one of them, where you basically get a little device and it's basically a little card reader, which then connects to your phone, you fire it through the internet. Yeah, yeah. So in essence, this would just be going through your phone. So I know I've read one of these arguments, it's causing cost, but the fact is it will be shopkeepers will have a phone and can download the software. So literally all it is is registering for something like Blue Wallet or the equivalent in El Salvador. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Because the thing is, and the old method of payment is still going to be there. So if you want to pay on Square and you've got a credit card, you want to pay in dollars, you can. All they've done is gone. You also have to, every shop that's selling something has to allow the ability to pay in Bitcoin as well. So you don't have to bake the two into the same product. Ideally, you would. That's ideal. But instead, what they've done is just created a government app that you can just fire up and then has QR codes on and accepts it back and forwards. The problem they've had actually is the app isn't particularly good. It seems to have had a lot of problems. So this just like for me, that's nothing to do with Bitcoin. That's like government execution on a Bitcoin project. So they've been a bit haphazard. Uh, I think the app store broke or the app broke with just the traffic. And then they've been messing up some payments. But apparently, actually, I saw actually on Reddit, I was reading it earlier this morning and they reckon there's a new update to the app coming and 95% of the problems will be fixed. So that's not bad. But it's an MVP, isn't it? Yeah, it's version you know, one, and they're a week in, and they've launched to six and a half million people. Yeah, people it's it's going to take time. It's a, but it, it, it's, it's so, so, so interesting. You know, we've got people sniffing around this, like you've had Argentina, um, I think Panama, other ones which have been publicly announced that they're looking at debating this. And it's just going to be so, so interesting to see this because we, we have bet big that this can be adopted by countries. Yeah. And this, this is a real test. I mean, we've got the, the kind of main case study, which I think we can help on, which is around, say, the equivalent of Western Union. Because I think for £100, is it something like an £18 charge to send send money or something like that? Was... Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got a story on exactly that, haven't we? Which is... Oh, yeah. sorry, I forgot about that. <laughs> so the top, <laughs> stop, talk, stop story is like, yeah, Western Union potentially going to lose $400 million in fees from El Salvador. Because obviously, this is a weird thing that I never really realized because we almost forget about this feature of Bitcoin is the fact that it's borderless. It doesn't matter whether I'm sending some Bitcoin to you, who probably lives a couple of miles away from me, or from me to El Salvador. And even though it's going through lots of different jurisdictions, going thousands of miles, Bitcoin doesn't care. It takes exactly, it'll take 10 minutes for me to get it to you, or instantly if we use Lightning, instantly to you and instantly to El Salvador. It doesn't care. It doesn't matter how far it's going. And it doesn't matter how many borders and how many governments would have wanted to check that payment first. Bitcoin's like, fuck off, don't care, go in, going straight to the device. And I kind of forgot about this use case because we focus so much on kind of scarcity, the security of it, um, and that how easy it is to send and how easy it is to look after it, be self-sovereign <clears throat> with your money. But I almost forgot about the borderless stuff. And especially places like El Salvador, a lot of people grow up there and 
there's, it's not very easy to earn good wages in El Salvador. So what a lot of people do is they leave, they go on to, into, the, into America, into Europe and around the rest of the world. They earn money there and they send it back. And then, yeah, the average fee is about £18 per fee um, of people working abroad and sending money back to their families. Um, and with Bitcoin, suddenly now, if they all have the app when they're abroad, they can convert their money into Bitcoin and send it back home for free. Uh, so that potentially as Western Union, so $400 million. Go, go into this so, so we can talk about figures because I think it's worth breaking it down. So we, we reckon about £18 per hundred, sorry, $18 per every hundred is spent on well, sending per, tra- it. per transaction, I think. So you, if you send like $1,000, it should only okay. still be $18. Now, if we were to look at Bitcoin, so we look at a thousand, I want to buy $1,000 worth of Bitcoin. How much is it going to cost me to buy that in terms of fees? Um, I think it's about half percent, half to one percent. So we'd be looking around about five dollars. And then to send it on lightning, it's like very, very small, isn't it? You know, it's like pennies. It's like it's like not point not 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 one or something. So yeah, pennies in dollars, it's it doesn't even register, it's like less than a cent. Because I've seen the argument online, I think it's just worth breaking that down because people said, oh, you, you know, you got to pay transaction fees. So they get got... confused. They think that you, they think you have to transact on the main chain because then it would be almost comparable because at peak times on the main chain, then yeah, that $25 fee, which is 18 pounds, there's $25 fees happen on Bitcoin all the time. There's the fees on Ethereum right now, I think are over $100 per transaction. They completely forget that Lightning exists and Lightning has only ever been a penny per transaction. So I think if we, sorry, we, if we look at this again, so we've got our $5 for buying a Bitcoin because you got to count that because we've got to convert, it's a conversion unless you're being paid in it, but you're in America. So yeah, you it's not going to happen yeah. unless it's a, unless we do move to a world standard and um, you don't have to worry about that when you just got the Lightning fee. Now, I don't know what it's like in the US and other countries, but in the UK, you've got chaps and backs. So if I remember correctly, backs is the standard payment. It takes days and it's pretty much free. Whereas chaps is the one which you pay a premium on. So that would be the equivalent of doing it on chain. So it costs you to send Bitcoin across the chain at what, $25, did you say, for a thousand? What's it on, what on, what is it, on Western Union? No, on um, Bitcoin on the chain. Right now, I, I, it can go as high as $25 in peak like if it's really yeah. busy. But at the moment, so in the moment, it's a couple of dollars right now. It's really, the, the network's empty. But say if we did peak, so $25 plus $5 for transactions, so we got $30, but that is instant. That's the equivalent of a chaps, whereas Lightning is still quick. It's just the levels of verification is the difference, and that's what I'm trying to make out. Okay. Whereas a, chap, a chaps payment, so using in a bank transfer, it will cost you a lot of money because it's an immediate payment anyway. So you have got the comparison between the banking network yeah, and Western, Bitcoin. Western Union, in, in the article that I read on here, it can take two weeks for the money to arrive. Yeah, I think we're talking days, whereas Lightning, well, we've done one, haven't we? And it was, I think it took 10 minutes or something. The Lightning's instant. Like literally, if I sent you money now, it's on the main chain, it takes 10 minutes. The main chain is slower. Sorry, I'm getting confused. Yeah, I was just trying is- to think, man. Main, main chain is slower but more secure you have to wait for the block to be confirmed lightning is just like bink if i sent if you literally put up a qr code there on your on your screen and i scanned it it would flash up immediately on your phone's paid 
Yeah, so I think it's just important to do the comparisons when we're, when we're basically saying about Western Union because there is a lot of confusion and even I can manage to confuse myself then. Yeah. So, you know, lightning and transaction, we're looking at round about, what do we say? So that's $5 versus 25, so a fifth of the price. Um, and if you do go towards Bitcoin standards of currency across the world, you're looking at a penny. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, essentially, because that's the thing. You're right to actually, the, the, the thing I'd forgotten about actually is you do need to convert your pounds into, or your dollars into Bitcoin. That's the conversion. So that's where the fee is. But because essentially Western Union aren't converting anything. They're just sending dollars from one place to another and they're charging $25 for that. Bitcoin will do that for one penny. But unfortunately, the existing system is set up at the exchanges. But actually in um, with Stripe, um, not Stripe, it's Strike. So Jack Maller's company, if you have a strike credit card, he has zero fees of conversion. <laughs> he said that like the whole um, exchange market of buying and selling Bitcoin and provided you're not trying to trade it, you're just buying it and holding it and like, you're doing it, doing it as a currency exchange, like a transfer wise. He's just gone, it's a race to the bottom anyway. The fees started at like four or 5% back in the day and they've been they've coming down and down and down as competition gets higher. So now it's like 0.5%. So you just went, let's just skip to the end. Skip to the end. It's a race to the bottom. Exchanging Bitcoin and dollars and backwards and forwards. Anyone can do it. It's just a nonsense. Because what you can do is essentially hold Bitcoin and dollars and various currencies on your on your kind of um, balance sheet, just as TransferWise does. So you're not even doing a conversion. All you're doing is going, oh, customer A wants to have dollars instead of pounds or pounds instead of Bitcoin. And you just change it around in a database. You don't do any conversion. It doesn't go anywhere. It's just a computer algorithm just changes some numbers in the database. Uh, so you just, you just do it. And you just went, oh, let's just figure out the business model from the ground up on zero fees. We need to make money elsewhere. We need to add value elsewhere because these fees will go to zero eventually. So let's just disrupt oh. ourselves before the business even starts. Zero fees. So if you use Strike and you have a credit card um, with Strike and you're abroad, you earn money in dollars and you want to send Bitcoin home, it's free. Zero, zero compared to 25 there. I'm guessing Strike is solely in the US at the moment. Yeah, but he's about to roll out Europe, which I hope it includes UK, actually. If fucking Brexit screws me out of my Bitcoin Strike credit card, I'll be fucked off. Fucking Brexiteers keep fucking screwing. I just went on Strike and it came up with Strike selling. Get that sell for free feeling. It looks like um, some company which sells houses. Yeah, no, it's not. He's got a. Yeah, I was gonna say that's not him. He's not. He's not um, venturing into real estate yeah. in the UK. No, no, no. It's um, it's, it's strike, but I, I've forgotten what the exact URL is. It's some strike it, me or something, something like that. Yeah, very interesting that. Um, obviously, um, we'll just have to wait and see for it to come across. Um, well, the SEC uh, threatening to sue Coinbase. Well, this is a definition thing. So I was having a read about securities because you always hear about security. What is a security? It's basically share debt. That's what it kind of is. Whereas I'm quite confused because basically what he's offering is some kind of loan system via Coinbase. So offering um, some kind of token. I can't remember what it was called. Oh, it's staking. Yeah, but... All it is is basically a loan, but it's a peer-to-peer, -peer, isn't it? Uh, kind of, yeah, yeah. It's it's this whole new concept where a lot of the shit coins are doing it right now, and it's it's like BlockFi, 
and all these various places it's like the new bank account right it's like bank accounts back in the day where you used to put money in and then you get interest but they'd be loaning out behind the scenes and so there's a, a certain amount of risk because if the bank goes under then they lose your money they didn't get their money back and then yeah you gambled for eight percent returns you lost your entire kind of money but you just hope that that wouldn't happen and um so block five been doing it for a while there's a number of various like DeFi products that do it and um essentially what coinbase want to do is they want to get in on that and um so what you'd have to do is you have various shit coins like this isn't relevant for bitcoin but if you did put have some shit coins certain ones allow you to stake and essentially you would go into coinbase you'd have to tie your coins up for a number of months or years and stake them but then you would get a percent extra coins back normally between like two and eight percent a year more coins back yeah, and behind the scenes, Coinbase are, yeah, they're, they're loaning them out. Um, so obviously loaning them out for more than the 2 to 8%. They need to be loaning them out for like 4 to 10%. And then they keep the, the difference and they give you what's left. And, uh, and yeah, and bizarrely, this seems to have upset the SEC because uh, they put it to them going, oh, we want to do this. The SEC have gone, no, that's illegal. Uh, that's a security. You can't take a token in and give profit out. And, um, and if you do, we will prosecute you. So Brian Armstrong came out on Twitter and went, this is a disgrace. Uh, we don't agree with this. You know, the whole point of the SEC is they're meant to be protecting investors. Uh, we don't believe we're hurting any investors here. We're giving them a product that gives them interest. Uh, and there's no evidence that it will it'll go end badly. So we're going to do it anyway. So fuck those guys. And um, yeah. it, was about, it was about the definition from what I've read, because I think I may have read it in a different article as well, that basically... The SEC are saying it's a security, and they're like, it's not. So it's the definition, and maybe ask them why it isn't, why it's a security. I'm unable to answer that. Because I think they've had this argument with other people around crypto trying to claim it's a security, but they're unable to establish why it's um, a security. Yeah, well, it's, it's bizarre. it, it bizarrely, like, they, it clearly is a security, right? If you look at the definition of what security is, the, the main thing is, is it's an investment vehicle that you put money in someone else does work and then you get profit that is that's a security uh so it's it's investing in something with the expectations of of returns and this is clearly that you you are buying a thing you give it to someone else they go do some work and then they give you profit it's a security that the problem is every single shit coin in the world is that because you buy that coin with the expectation that a team does work makes the coin be worth more and then you sell it for a profit so every single shitcoin is a security. The problem the SEC have is there's 10,000 of the fuckers and like, they've only got so many staff, so they don't know which ones to go after. So what they end up doing is they go after the easy targets, which are the big exchanges that sit in the middle. And I think the main reason why Coinbase are annoyed is because they're the publicly limited company, they're the one that they can go after and threaten. Whereas this is happening all over the industry. There's staking happening all over the internet. There's various companies all around the world doing it. But Coinbase are listed on the American Stock Exchange based in California. So the second they even propose that they're just going to do it to essentially just try and be competitive to all their competitors, they were already doing this. The SEC suddenly threatened with being sued. And they're like, this is, this is bullshit. You're just coming after us because we're the ones that sit in America. What about all these other companies that are trading in America? Or the companies that aren't listed on the okay. stock exchange. So I, I do get that point, but at the same time, this is this is what you so get, right? So I'm pretty sure that they're having an argument with actually the classification as a security. 
Well, that's their, that'll be their defense. Yeah. Because yeah. It, they want to, they want to pressure the SEC into saying all shit coins are securities. And then the second they say that, it means, right, you have a decade of work to do because you've got to clean up. We're, okay. we're like, should be back of the list. <laughs> it's like they're playing like 4D chess here. And it's just lawyers going into the, getting yeah, into the kind it, of stuff which is a bit beyond me at the moment. I don't yeah. really understand the American market around that. Yeah, because it's it's funny because what happened, I think around this time something big happened. Why? I, I, yeah, it's, yeah, that was it. It was El Salvador. This is why a lot of people got on Brian Armstrong, who's the CEO of Coinbase, because he, he decided that on this day, this weirdly, this came out, I think, last Tuesday or last Wednesday, whenever El Salvador Day was. Um, and we were all expecting like Brian Armstrong to say something about El Salvador and like to celebrate it. And instead, he comes out of a massive thread, basically defending what he wants to do with shit coins and how he's in the fight with the SEC. And uh, he just went, this is, you just lost your way, mate. This is, you're focusing on the wrong things. You've, you've got into shitcoin land. Now you're getting tied up in regulations and threats from the American government because they're coming after you. And guess why? Because you're centralized. They don't want this. They don't want you to be outside the financial system. So they're going to make it as hard as possible, put as much red tape in front of you. This is why Bitcoin is decentralized. Shit coins are always going to get shut down, matter of time, blah, blah, blah. Well, wait, wait, I think they leave the shit coins alone because I know they're fucking pile of shit. Anyone looks at various ones and they're just like, what's the use case? What's the use case for Ethereum? And JPEGs at the moment. I was going to say, is it NFTs? <laughs> <laughs> NFT, NFTs of whales. It's like a glorified. What was it like? Flicker? <laughs> Flicker used, used to be the place. What was the point of Flicker? You put photos on there. Why? I don't think there was anywhere else to put them at the time. There's no, there was no social media. So if you wanted to display what photos you could take or draw, then you just host them on Flickr. So it'd just be loads of pictures of men's balls. Yeah, and dicks. <laughs> Sounds like a lovely website. Is it with an E? <laughs> <laughs> no E. Um, it's interesting because I think this almost drags us onto the ship coin mode. Admittedly, I'd probably like to have it later. Yeah. But um, Logan Paul's latest ship coin, like, I found this hilarious when I read it. <laughs> I was like, I can't believe he's back already. Like, after um, the roaring success, which was Dink, was it Dink Doink or Doink Doink? I can never quite remember. Dink Doink, I think, yeah. Let's look at Dink Doink price while we're talking about this. <laughs> because sure this... All-time lows, is it? Yeah, because this amuses me. So coin, what do I use? Coinmarketcap.com. So we're looking at it, and it was, you know, because it's a... Mm, it looks like it's flaring up over the last day. We could be wrong. It could be having a big surge. No way. Is it, is it the new Bitcoin? And I'm looking at, so if I look at it, I need to sell my cum rocket. If, if we look at it over one day, it's got some big spikes everywhere. Where and you're thinking, oh bloody hell! But it's like less. It's less than a, It's less than a single cent. If we oh, look at it, just click year to date. Zoom yeah, out. yeah. But if we, look at, <laughs> if we look at seven days, we're like it's kind of trending downwards. If we look at a month, it's trending downwards. So we look at three months, which is pretty much its life. It just goes woof. And sticks to the floor. So I think it started at 0.00001 cent. And now it's down to something ridiculous. That's 10 zeros. 0.10057. Yeah. 
<laughs> so Ding Doink, which is possibly the most comical um, shit coin which I've ever seen in my life. Logan Paul has come back. So um, the world famous boxer. What was he actually famous for? YouTube. Was it you- why? What did he do on YouTube, which made him so famous? Vlogging. He's just like he's just a he's the ultimate like um like popular lad in school. That's why he's like the popular lad in school. Um, and then he just filmed himself being popular. Uh, so he's in the sports teams. He's got hot girlfriends. He's going out and having pies, vlogging it all. And yeah, he just became super famous because then because he was the hot guy in school that was all popular. He then got loads of followers. He then got rich off YouTube. So then his his extravagance has just got bigger and bigger. He started driving Lambos, started bought, bought a massive mansion. He was just living the dream, really. So he just became famous for being a rich boy. So literally, it basically, it was almost like self-fulfilling. Once he hit a certain period, it just kept on going on and on and on. And yeah. he got to the boxing, which I think was probably the pinnacle. Like the boxing, it's not actually that bad idea. You know, mm-hmm. the Mayweather and uh, whoever else he fought, it's actually, he's got nothing to lose. And he gets a big payday to fight these people. Well, Logan, Logan Paul in boxing is 0-2. <laughs> he's, like, he's lost against the YouTuber and then Floyd Mayweather. But he's made, I think, about 50 million off those two fights combined. Yeah. Plus, he's already worth about 200 million behind the scenes. You're like, can't knock it. The lad's about 25. But, you know, it's like, that is literally the pinnacle. He's done all this. I, I don't really understand how he's got famous, but he's managed to kind of like roll it up, which is obviously quite jealous of what he's managed but then he gets to boxing which you know you look at and think that's he fought on tv versus or youtube or whatever it was versus floyd mayweather that is phenomenal yeah and what's his next move he makes dink doink a most stupid fucking old coin which i've ever heard of and not not content with basically i think pulling the rug out of everyone from an, all his followers so wasting my money he's come back for round two and um, he's <laughs> creating an, uh, NFTs. So from what I can understand is you go onto his website, you buy an egg, you don't know what's in the egg, and the egg hatches into something. And it isn't just an animal, it's a combination of two animals. So I think there was a, um, I called it a pug, but it never said what it was. So a pug mixed with a dog. No, sorry, pug mixed with a duck. There was a butterfly elephant. I don't know what it was called. Um, a kitten lion, which I can't remember what he called. A litty, was it? Something like that? Sounds a bit like bitty, doesn't it? (laughs) (laughs) I might might buy that one. And so, and then it's, you're meant to trade them, but the guy who watched them, we've we've watched a video of his before. Yeah, coffee's there. What was it? Was it about Dick Dong? I think, think, yeah, I think he did Dick Dong. And he just shredded it apart. He's like, (laughs) first of all, he's like, Look at these. That looks really familiar. I've seen that image before. Is it a stock image? He's like, they're both stock images. And they're like, oh, that was because that was a prototype. So after they did the prototype, they went, actually, we've got a real one here. And he's and he Googled it. <laughs> and he was just like, but the type of elephant he Googled, because he obviously knows a bit. And he's like, oh, here it is, about fifth row down. And this butterfly thingy butterfly on a white background and it was there uh, and could i do this myself <laughs> <laughs> he even puts a time one doesn't he like he's like five minutes done and he's like it's perfect you can see even like some of the last like minute he was just wasting time like just trying to get it absolutely spot on but then he cuts the logan paul in his on his podcast 
going, we've had 10 designers spending a year, we've spent a million dollars redesigning all these NFTs from scratch. We have created these from the ground up, da, 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 like the big sales pitch. And then there's CopyZilla going, what, you mean this picture and that picture? And give me five minutes, Bink, just created your <laughs> like, how much did that cost you? <laughs> and then at the end, he's like, can I have a job, Logan? Because I can, I, I can do this for a million dollars. <laughs> this is going to be the easiest day's work I've ever done in my life. Just taking shopping animals together. And I think CoffeeZilla, he, he said that it's taken some like $1.6 million already. Yeah, so it's no. already in profit um, from what Logan Paul has claimed as the original yeah. cost. And there's no way he spent a million dollars on those photoshops. Yeah. If he did, think... then he's stupid. If anything, CoffeeZilla might have exposed to Logan. What's, what, what, this, what this art is, it might be Logan might have been the first person to be scammed here. Because maybe he went, I want 10 artists and I want a load of unique images. And they went, yeah, yeah, yeah. It will cost us a million dollars, like, you know, $200 per image. And then they've think, just thrown it together. Do you think um, he lost a bit of money on Dink Doink? Yeah. Well, the fact that it never went up at any point, it literally just launched and goes to zero, doesn't it? So, so I'm he's, sure had to, he... he's had to pay a developer. And yeah. He's had to pay someone to do the animation, whether it was stock animation. It's still the time to put all that together. Yeah, there's videos and all that stuff. Yeah, I, I reckon if you round it all up, I reckon maybe half a million it probably cost him to launch it. And I'd have, I would have thought he probably thought he could easily make a couple of million. But it looks like it just went straight to zero. So I doubt he even made his money back. And I, I don't believe that he spent a million dollars on this one. But who, who knows? The thing is, with Logan now, he has such a big team around him. So maybe it did cost him a million because he's, when, you, when you do factor in, it's a little bit like you know the companies that we work for. When you think about it, just developer time, you go, oh, that was a, you know, that was a hundred grand developer and it took him three months. Therefore, you know, it's, um, you know, three months worth of wages, which is, you know, 30 grand or something, but it isn't because he's sat on a, on a table. He's, he's using servers. He has a product manager that looks after him. He's got HR department. He's got, yeah, there's, there's, Finance, a million yeah. there's a million people around. And I think Logan now does have a big team. So I, I reckon he probably is paying millions of dollars out per year in wages so i reckon he just went yeah like a bulk of my team spent six months on this so that's a million dollars i reckon that's where he got to the number he did not spend a million dollars on the nfts themselves i mean a majority of the money went to the people's salaries that were around it and i, I wouldn't be surprised if they spent maybe a hundred grand at a push 200 grand on the images because and then, i, I do and then, i do want i do want to put <laughs> you, can, you can have it right click save <laughs> and it's yours that's true i might set it to my phone backgrounds why like why, why why have you no longer got the kids as your background on your phone because i wanted a puck yeah i'm gonna get bitty whichever one that is <laughs> well the funny thing is it was what two shows ago when we talked about you um doing some nfts and you refused yeah. But like we said, you could use small characters off an old business, which you used to have. And you're like, you wonder if you can make money. Here's your answer. Yeah, no, admit- the thing is, though, I'm not Logan Paul either. So you have to get the thing is with him is he can literally create any type of shit. And the thing is, he has tens of millions of followers that will just ply a plow in. And he's got the perfect young, stupid crowd that follow him that have just yellowing in to any old scam so he whatever he throws them they eat it up and yeah and already this one look like he seems to have been, i think he's learned you know like how i said on the last one like how to do the scam like he didn't even do it properly 
Um, yeah. On this one, I think he's doing it properly. So what he, he hasn't just launched it and thrown it out into the world and to see how it does. He's been smart and he's launched it and he's doing a pre-sale. He's building up anticipation. So already now, like you said, you know, Coffeezilla, and this, that video is now probably a couple of days old. He already had raised 1.6 million worth of pre-buys and it's not even launched yet. So he's already building the anticipation. I would imagine the second this all goes onto the market, it's probably going to plummet and probably go to zero. But yeah, it's just, this is where we are, right? We've just got celebrities launching JPEGs and making millions of dollars. This is the world. I'm trying to find his site so I can look at how much they are, but I don't know where on earth it is. So I'm actually quite curious how much a single one is. Yeah, on the on the thing, it was showing that I think they're about 0.3 ETH. It's a third of an ETH, and about an ETH's about um, three thousand dollars at the moment. So it's about a thousand dollars for an egg. But you could the crazy get... thing, right? And that's cheap. A thousand dollars for a JPEG is cheap. That's the world but, we live in. But you could get um, a puck. Is that yeah? That thing doesn't. Don't even know. I think at the moment you don't even know, do you? It's just going to be random. You just buy an egg and you have no clue what's going to hatch out into. But and then, you you are saying that there's a chance that I could have a puck. There is a chance. <laughs> <laughs> but you can, I, can get, I can guarantee you a 100% chance is if you just wait for it to launch, wait until someone's got one and then right click, save. <laughs> and you don't have to spend 0.3 ETH or $1,000. Let's type it into Google. Let's see if I can get the bad boy. Oh, there's not too many, it says. I think that's it. I think I may actually have it already. Um, have and it's on some WordPress, so someone's made it. Oh, great. I can put that as my phone background. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So that's our shitcoin corner. Um, what have we got in here? Oh, about wrecked of the week. This happened yesterday. Uh, so this is another just bollocks well, story that came out of nowhere i don't know if you yeah, saw it. it was insane i saw it on twitter i didn't see it on this criteria sorry on the agenda because i didn't have a chance to look at it again but yeah i saw it on twitter and it's yeah i don't know if you noticed that the i i noticed the price just went like up three thousand dollars yesterday it lasted about five minutes and then just plummeted four thousand dollars i'm like oh what the hell happened there and weirdly when i was looking at it um I've got a number of coins, even though I don't have any of them. They're just listed there. And I noticed the Litecoin one had just gone up first. I went, what the hell? Like, what's happened with Litecoin? So I just logged into Bitcoin Twitter. And yeah, there was a very obvious fake story and where just some plebs were just spreading fake news that just doing it for a laugh, really. That, oh, Wal- um, what's it? Yeah, Walmart is now accepting Litecoin, um, which sent the price of Litecoin flying through the roof. I think the price doubled in space of about two minutes. And um, yeah, it's total bollocks. Like Litecoin, whoever owns that account came out quite quick and went, there's no truth in this rumor. What the hell? So the price went racketing back down. This is what you kind of get in normal shares. So they're saying that this is the first circumstance where a false rumor has been spread to ask this to inflate the price. I went, well, it happened on Bitcoin not so long ago. It happened when they um, rumored that Amazon was going to accept Bitcoin. The price went flying up. And then people tried to substantiate it with, oh, look, Amazon have some blockchain hires here. And that wasn't until the next day Amazon went, we're not accepting Bitcoin. What the fuck? And then the price went back down again. 
Uh, very true. So you think, like, we, we all put a gamble of what is about 50 quid into some mining company based upon a series of rumours. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think we all lost some money. And, I did more um, than 50 quid on that one. Yeah, I may have done 100, maybe 150. I, I didn't think, do lots. I did a couple of grand. Oh, you properly YOLO'd in. Yeah, I was 50% or 60, 70% down when I came out. I, I wasn't a YOLO at the time. I was still a, yeah, it was a bit of a YOLO, I guess, but yeah. It's... See, it's exactly the same. Like you get these rumors, oh, we found a seam or something. Oh, this person's investing. And it's the same kind of thing. Like someone sent me saying, someone in his team has done this research. He's come across this on a, on a forum and it's mining. And I was like going, this company's interested in buying them. This company's bought shares of them. They um, have got new technology, which everyone's interested in. Went, which one of these can actually be proven? You know, it's the same kind of thing, and it and it's with Litecoin, I suppose, Bitcoin. I forgot about the Amazon thing, but it basically is these rumors which are hard to disprove until, well, I suppose until the other company comes up and goes, what the fuck are you yeah. on about? Well, the, the problem is like because all these coins are like, and to a certain extent, shares they're constantly trading, aren't they? So. Yeah, getting you and the problem is the 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 real culprits are it starts with just usually it's some idiot on on twitter normally it's bitcoin twitter people I, <laughs> some group chats like i i kind of know the guy that did the amazon one um and he just rebranded his twitter account made it look like a formal one and then just announced it and there's so many media companies out there desperate for clicks so when they see something they don't verify it they just post it and then it becomes real because then once one art, one publisher picks the story up, all the other publishers pick their story up and reference it back to the original one. And the original one is foundation is one tweet from a guy that used to have a picture of a dog and he rebranded himself to look like the IMF or something and just posted out that Amazon are going to release it. So it all comes from a really dodgy source. It's like a foundation of sand and then everyone builds like big buildings on top. It takes 24 hours for the actual company that's in question to go, no, this is nonsense. And There's then, something recently about Ohio, Ohio hospitals as well being flooded with COVID victims or something. No, yeah, people yeah. who were stabbed couldn't get treated because oh, they're oh, so yeah. full of COVID. Or shot. It, it was shot. It was gunshot. <laughs> and they traced it back and went, this is off a single account, which no one has verified. And it's just caught with some doctor who doesn't even work at the hospital anymore. Yeah. And the picture that they've used to show the queue of, a, I don't know where all these gunshot victims are from. Like, why, why is everyone getting shot late on this day? There's a massive in, a, in Ohio. Yeah, there's a, massive, <laughs> there's a massive queue out the door of this hospital. And you're like, oh, right, that is a queue outside the hospital. And then someone spotted it's snowing in the picture. It's like, it's currently really hot there. And they're like, this clearly is not a recent photo. <laughs> you're like, oh, it's just brilliant. And the, the thing is, what I was going to try and get to then is just um, like, there's no um, kind of consequences for the media outlets because all they're designed to do is create clicks. The more clicks they get is the higher they can sell their adverts for. Yeah. So when well, they, media's uh, turned a bit rotten. Yeah, so when they pick up this fake news, all that happens is they get a shit ton of clicks. And then the next day they'll rewrite the article and go, oh yeah, sorry, that was a that was wrong. But they got paid. So what's their what's their like um, punishment for that? Well, nothing. They got paid. So tomorrow when they see another fake tweet, oh, should we wait 24 hours? And it, it, it looks it looks like Walmart are accepting Litecoin. Before we publish the article, should someone phone up our head of PR at Walmart and confirm they are accepting Litecoin? Nah, don't wait. 
someone else will publish it and they'll get the clicks, put it out. They'll make their money. And then probably in the background, they phone them up and go, are you accepting Litecoin? Like, nah. I'm like, oh, just leave the article up. <laughs> just for a few so hours because put- everyone's because the thing is they go viral on twitter the price goes up loads of people are clicking it people like me link it on here and then so you're getting clicks even though it's clicks for fake news i'm not well, sure how we fix this because it's you, it's a very good point about major isn't it the state of major at the moment yeah because because if you're honest and you wait and you try and verify your information then if it is ends up being correct you're late you're last you don't know one clicks your article because 10 people got there before you. I think there's the different types of news, isn't it? So you've got the instant kind of like ones like that where they're just trying to get out and ones which are maybe a bit more investigative. You know, that's what I suppose you'd be more interested in, someone who's actually done their research and potentially being willing to pay, uh, you know, some kind of fee for that. Yeah, because that's why it's interesting on the Amazon one because the Amazon one went across everything. I think... It was on the New York New York Times. It was on AP. It was, it was all over the place. And again, it, they were all referencing because um, the one that really got scammed by it was City AM. It was a little local um, London tech paper. They were the one that like they they verified it with the guy whose Twitter account was. And he went, I went on a phone call with him and said I was an Amazon director. <laughs> he literally went on a podcast saying he was in his pants smoking weed. <laughs> um, talking to some journalist at City AM going, yeah, yeah, we've got some blockchain analysts and we're accepting Bitcoin. <laughs> and this guy just went, okay, great, bye, read the, wrote the article. And then because it was sourced and he's like, oh, but I need your name. He's like, I can't, I can't give you my name. But it's it's happening. You got it. And um, he went off and wrote the article. And then every other legitimate source, obviously we're probably talking to City AM and I reckon the way they verified it was, we need to talk to City AM. So they looked at the guy who wrote the article, phoned him up and went, have you spoken to someone at Amazon? He went, yeah, yeah. I spoke to an executive at Amazon. And it wasn't. <laughs> it was some, guy, guy, it was some guy on Twitter that said he was an executive on Twitter. And he was pissing himself during the whole thing. And then he rebranded <laughs> the Twitter account back to what it was. Like he's like, pleb something, pleb hoddle. <laughs> and then the, the City AM guy went, oh. <laughs> but yeah, like you said, there's no consequences to that. Yeah, because they get paid, so, yeah. They actually get rewarded. So whilst he's embarrassed, he's just like, you know what? Made money. Yeah. And then uh, talking about making money, Giga Chad Sailor, back in the market, bang, <laughs> banging that bang, that buy button on Bitcoin, smashing the buy button. You know, I have times when I'm like going, oh, God, should I put any more money into Bitcoin? Should I sell some? And along comes Chad, and he's just like, Oh, <laughs> 5,050 Bitcoin off the market, $250 million worth of cash at an average price of $48,000. Bang, GigaChad. What a DCA. What a boy. What, what's his, um, what is his personal stake? Because we've seen his company. It's now, um, was it, th- was it 3 point something billion? 3.16 billion. Yeah, that that's that's just their Bitcoin as well, an average price of twenty seven thousand now. Yeah. So what what is his own store like? We've heard about like you won't talk about it, which is fair enough. It's private. Yeah, fair enough. I just thought maybe he would have. No. But we've got one hundred and fourteen thousand Bitcoin now. Yeah. So he seems he bought like you know like what's it a billion or two billions worth? No, it's about billions worth initially, Mm -hmm. wasn't it? 
and that was under the radar. And then he's done a couple of like um couple of DCAs at 200 million a pop. Um and it's just like you're thinking, oh no, he won't buy any more. Yeah, he has. <laughs> <laughs> just like yeah. thresh out. Yeah, I just and, and and his buys up until now, yeah. I think he did a couple of those billion ones. And his first billion one was at the eleven thousand mark because he likes the number eleven. He thinks it's a lucky number. He did it at eleven, eleven, eleven. Like it was all the all the ones when he bought in, and um, that was his first billion. Yeah, I think he bought another billion a bit later, and then yeah, he's been doing. Typically, I think it's been twenty-five million type buys, so they've gone down significantly. But then, boom, just shoves the two hundred fifty million one in because yeah, won a bit of a dip at the moment. So he's like, let's get in. What dictates the amount of money which he puts in now? Because he's obviously wanted to get a big tranche in, but then he's gone down to amount, is it something to do with profits from MicroStrategy? I mean, yeah, I think it is because the share price of MicroStrategy has gone through the roof as well. So I wouldn't be surprised if he's basically what he's doing is he's selling shares of MicroStrategy and converting into Bitcoin. He's literally going to be the world emperor, isn't he? I know. This, this is the only thing that is the only downside to this is. <laughs> one company should not have 114,000 Bitcoin. I want more plebs to have it whilst we're at this cheap price. And um, the Giga Chad, the good thing is, I think his heart's in the right place. So I just hope at some point, I hope he does sell some Bitcoin. And I hope when he sells it, he sells it to buy a country and becomes the Giga Chad of that country and goes, Bitcoiners are welcome. Come here and do what the fuck you want. And then I'm going to go to his country, buy a little bit of land off him and live there. I hope he does that because... But what happens if he actually buys a country, builds a Terminator factory? <laughs> I know. And, <laughs> and then he sends someone back, back in time to try and kill you as a baby. I know. See, that could happen. <laughs> he, could, he could do it. And exactly. And when you sort everyone's time preference out with a sound money, people will start making Terminators just for lols. <laughs> I know. It could be his great-great-grandkid. <laughs> So, yeah, I, I, I honestly do think I, I would actually put a bet out there now if I, if anyone would ever take it that Sailor is going to be the first ever trillionaire. We've got a, we've got the first couple of trillion dollar companies in Apple and Amazon. But, but here's what we talked about previously. But obviously we're going towards trillions. But at what point do we cut out? You know, so his, his wealth, God knows what he's actually valued now. But will he actually make it to be a trillionaire or will we cut out the fiat standard? Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. There's, yeah. there's a chance that we hit hyperinflation before he gets there. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. I suppose what I mean, I mean is a trillionaire in existing spending power. So he, he essentially, Michael Saylor at the moment does not have the spending power of Apple. Like Apple could buy probably most of Africa and just not care. Uh, Michael Saylor at the moment can't buy Africa but because um, he, he's not a trillionaire. But if we fast forward a decade, I think Michael Saylor, if he wanted, could buy Africa, <laughs> which is. <laughs> I would prefer. I prefer him to buy the US. Yeah, that that would be a beautiful. Buy it in the fire sale and then rebuild it from the ground up. Yeah, be it'd be it'd be hilarious and just burn the printing press. I think that's what you'd have to do. Yeah, we melt it. We'll put we put it on more on statues. They're like the warning signs, aren't they? It's like this is. We need to remember these things. These are the things but, that destroyed our society last time. Like we cannot make the same mistake again. But then in 50 years' time, we'll just topple them into a river. 
yeah yeah we, we, yeah like you said yeah the society will just keep going yeah we will we'll will die three generations on they'll be like this bitcoin standard thing that's for boomers let's start printing paper and like oh here we go, <laughs> here we go. these bitcoiners are all racist look satoshi <laughs> didn't like transgenders <laughs> and they talk about glory holes <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, history does um, rhyme, but it does repeat. Um, so there's one which you did, which is a video. I think it was was a one minute clip circulating on Twitter. It's about Bitcoin being a Ponzi. Oh, that's um, genius! Yeah, that fun, fun uh, of the week. Yeah. So I think I saw a one minute video originally. When you you put it on this, I was like, "What the hell is this?" I started listening to it. It's like the first he says, "This week on the paranormal facts, we're going to be looking at." Uh, the, the ghost which haunted this house at the end of this normal um, suburban street. And it's actually, it sounds like that 90s voiceover, some kind of like, I don't know, mystery or serial killer or something. Just some like, you know, you must have heard those programs. His voice just sounds exactly like it. Yeah. We've seen how cross-eyed he is as well. <laughs> All my comments was, someone needs to um, take a picture and draw some laser eyes on. <laughs> like this. <laughs> just burning that room like one going, one's looking at you the other's just going fucking that way right we, we've been cancelled now that, that's a comment <laughs> um, it's, it's it's one of the greatest little seven minute i actually recommend sending this to any newbie <laughs> like, you know what bitcoin is send this ponzi bitcoin is a ponzi video to them because it's just Whoa. so brilliant like even if you when you watch it it's so dumb like trying to drag bitcoin down and say it's a ponzi and try and explain it but it's just i think this is it he starts talking about one of his key points was inherent value it has no inherent value so let's strip that down what does inherent value mean i know what, what it's basic it's basically inherent value so actually let me do even simpler things so inherent definition yeah, because cool. literally what, what value it, does a football have or a computer it's like, oh, what well, has a yeah. use? I can do something with it. What you mean, like Bitcoin, as in buy stuff? But, but how do you get a value of anything? Yeah. You so, can't. so, so gold. What's the inherent value of gold? I don't know. It, it, it doesn't. What, have what, nothing has. What, what is the inherent value of a dollar? And I just went. This is just a bit stupid. Yeah. Um, um. Yeah. When he talks about being unpredictable, I think this is because. Well, I think we talked about it on the previous week where it basically is, it's the discovery stage. We're still in discovery. We don't know where it's going to settle. If it is a store of value, so if you're looking at gold, you're looking at a smoother ride with a basic increase with inflation as they keep on printing more fiat. If we're looking at currency, it's dependent on how many countries adopt it. So that is how you come up with something which comes as a stable value. And if you have got, say, Bitcoin as a currency and you've got a dollar, you've got pounds, you've got, say, whatever else, a euro, its value may fluctuate depending on what the other currencies do. But the whole point is, if you go to a complete Bitcoin standard, then you've got 21 million coins. And so a football will cost you, say, you know, what, 10,000 sats or something like that, probably a lot less um, in 2022. And in 2032, it'll cost you exactly the same. And that is the concept because unless there's a technological change which makes footballs easier to produce. But if it's the same process, it takes one hour, the same amount of material, which has still got the same supply, 
it'll be the same price. It, yeah, it just seemed a lot of rambling. And it was made by, oh, who on earth was it made by? Because it was some kind of institute who... Yeah, gravel. Yeah, who basically marked themselves as something to do with finance. Yeah, we, we, we found the CEO of Gravel. She's got a lot of shit this week. She's got her pronouns listed. Of course she has. And uh, yeah, same Bitcoin as a Ponzi. And it's great when people try and define what a Ponzi is. It's obviously the, the, like the, the official definition is that the only way to pay a Ponzi is that the people that buy in, you have to keep taking the money from the first people and paying the new people and uh, or taking the money from the new people and giving it to the old so people keep going. And eventually the money runs out and then the Ponzi collapses. So yeah, fine. And but they they the way they describe it, they kind of go through that, and then go, oh yeah, the only reason people are buying Bitcoin is to sell it at a higher price. So that's exactly what Ponzi is. And you just need to keep you need new new people in the bottom to keep making sure the existing people get paid. But you just go, well, your definition, you broaden that one out so far now that oh, people only buy it to sell it at a higher price. Well, maybe a lot of people do do that for that reason, but a lot of people are gonna hold it until we hit. Oh, he did. He did. He did contradict himself because he did say belly and transactions are taking place. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah. it did. Make, it did make me think about selling it. I need to um, send a DM to Chad Taylor on Twitter to tell him that it's a scam as well, and he should sell all his holdings. He's made a huge mistake. Yeah. Yeah, and I need to tell Elon as well, but he needs to sell his holdings for Tesla as well because this guy who's um, burning different areas of the room with his laser eyes um, <laughs> says it's a Ponzi and it's unpredictable. It's got no inherent value. Yeah, people only buy it because it might grab in value, which guess what? That's every investment since known to man, right? Like, why, why does anyone buy a stock or a share? Because they hope it's going to grow up in value. They can sell it. It does not make it a Ponzi. It's only a Ponzi if it's not doing anything and behind the scenes, one person is moving the money from the bottom up to the top to pay people off. No one is doing that in Bitcoin. No one, whether you're early, late, or coming in tomorrow or in 10 years' time, it doesn't matter. Like you're just buying Bitcoin off people that already have it. Like there's no shoveling the money all the way up to the, up to the top and the, the, the people at the top are all exiting. If anything, when you look at some of the long-term holders of the coins in a Ponzi, the people at the top are out. They needed to get paid by the people that came in two or three layers. They need to get all their money and run far. So why are, why are people that are early into this Ponzi still holding coins from 10 years ago. Why, why are they holding it? This Ponzi could have collapsed at any point and they've held it from pennies all the way up to $64,000. Come on, mate. We're 12 years in this video. I, I would almost forgive this video if it was created about seven years ago. The fact that it's created now is just so funny. I think I'd get him to um, read the first couple of chapters of... Um, Safer Dean Amos's book, The Bitcoin Standard, just to explain the history of money and what, what, how the whole concept of Bitcoin came about. So, the fact of the printing press versus backed by gold, the um, rice stones, the um, was it glass, was it sea beads or something? Um, the coin clipping, you know, we've got so many different examples, and this is the whole point of what it's actually meant to stop. And I think there's a, there's a, whilst he's meant to work for some investing company or some kind of research company to economics he doesn't seem to understand the basics yeah he's clearly a complete noob and i i hope that he got paid to make that by some banker 
because if that he actually did his research and then that's what he came up with and just wow and, um, but maybe it's because inflation is good helping me you listen to those guys and i don't even blame me for coming out of this conclusion because um helping helping make people poorer since 1971 <laughs> 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 uh, we also had um mr schiff came out this week as well and uh he's hilarious because i watched his little dumbass podcast on um, what bitcoin did and where he was debating someone about the gold standard against bitcoin and he was he was getting really annoyed and because one of the points was that gold's underperformed the last 10 years it's not a store of value it's gone down by one percent over the last 10 years so it's not kept up with inflation it's behind it you've lost spending power bitcoin gold is not doing what it's supposed to do which would be a store of value so it bitcoin, has increased slightly but it hasn't trapped with inflation that's correct isn't it as, well last time we checked it it was down one percent over the last 10 years so what in total yeah in total this year Whereas... this year it's down 10 percent and over if you go from now to 10 years ago it's down one percent so to track from inflation what would what would it need to be well, every 15 years it needs to have doubled so really gold should be about 75 percent up by now yeah instead, i think that instead i think this is a big one because i remember when i um, kind of started this i was thinking maybe i should buy some gold yeah <laughs> everyone everyone that's buying gold is Audi and Bitcoin. It's very clear that all the people that are buying gold have switched into Bitcoin. And bizarrely, like I, I didn't mind Schiff's argument, right? Which is that price is a short-term thing. Gold has performed over thousands of years. Yes, it hasn't performed over the last 10. That doesn't isn't necessarily mean that it's trending that way. Once everyone realizes bit, um, gold will go back up, just because Bitcoin is going up faster, because Bitcoin obviously gone up by 200% per year, every year for 12 years. Gold has gone down one percent over those 10 years so as an investment it's just not even close over the last decade but he's going you're cherry picking you can go back to a different period in gold and you'd have got similar returns if you were early in gold it's like yeah of course none of no one none of us is actually disputing that Uh, if anything we're like yeah yeah, there was a gold rush and now it's the bitcoin rush but he's going no no but ignore price because if you're going to go on price then technically ethereum is a better investment over the last like two years than bitcoin so if you're just going to go on price then Ethereum's better than Bitcoin. You're like, okay, this is why you shouldn't really talk about price. It isn't just about that. It's about the fundamentals, about the security, the scarcity, decentralization, and all that. But then hilariously, like this week, Mr. Don't Check the Price, but price doesn't mean anything, fucking Peter Schiff, comes out saying Bitcoin's had a horrible week technically. It's outside reversal week, took out the prior week's high, then closed the prior week's low, the pattern may repeat on a monthly chart too. Bitcoin already took out the August high. Now it needs to close below the August low. But basically a load of technical garbage about trading and the, the fact that Bitcoin's below a certain price. And did it... I thought price wasn't important, Peter. Why are you so <laughs> focused on the, the real small nuanced fundamentals of Bitcoin's price thinking now it's going to get Mr. Hypocrite? <laughs> Shut the fuck up, shit. Uh, it seemed a little bit bizarre. I think something which we covered on a previous week as well was around gold. We don't, you don't actually know how much gold is in the world. Nope. And then the other fact is, what when we looked into some gold mining companies, they actually have reserves. Yeah. 
So these reserves are expanding year on year. So the gold, it's always claimed that there's 2% more gold every year because that's how much they mine. So it's a select amount of people or companies who can mine. They're actually mining more than that because they're finding more seams. So what they do is they then store it. So you've got big vaults of gold, which are not putting onto the market because they know that it would flatten the price. And considering we've lost, what do you say, was it minus one in the last 10 years? If they actually put all that gold on the market, what would happen to the price? Exactly. Yeah, I don't actually know what the figures are for the actual stored gold as well. Um, but then again, we don't actually know how much gold in the world. No. And and the problem is that Peter, Mr. Peter Schiff has is the world. We're not just talking about the world anymore. We can now, we're starting to explore space. And we know there are whole asteroids the size of the Earth flying around. Solid gold. <laughs> so at the moment like i i was amazed by the stat that basically um the entirety of the gold on the entire earth it would fill two olympic sized swimming pools that's the that's all the gold and when i someone said that what I'm like, wow in the uk no in the world oh sorry in the world that can't two, be right two, two olympic yeah well google it um, two Olympic sized swimming pools. Just, just think about how much gold Mr. T wore. <laughs> <laughs> not sure that was gold, mate. That's gold plated. But um, so basically, what? it's a tiny amount. When you really like put it down, it's probably like about the size of one house. That's the entire of gold in the world. It's crazy. Actually, no, it's more than that. Olympic sized swimming pool is quite big, but it's a small amount. So if you imagine an asteroid flying around, I was going to say it depends on whose house you're talking about. Yeah, not. So, if you talk, if you're talking about Chad Sailors, it's probably not quite as big. No, just his swimming pool. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or a shed. The swimming pool inside his pool. Yeah, but um, but yeah. So basically, the the, the supply of gold, when you really um think about it, universe-wise, is infinite because there's so much gold out there. It's just we can't get access to it right now. Whereas when you think about Bitcoin, yeah, how much Bitcoins in the world? Twenty-one million. There's, there's no Bitcoin sat on another alien planet. Whereas with Mr. Shift Gold, there's asteroids flying around the size of Earth that are solid gold, which would inflate the supply of gold by like 1,000 times. So It's also like these secret reserves. Yeah, you know, exactly. Like I said. And he owns so, them as well. He owns the mining companies. And sometimes he gets asked that question, like, what is the world's supply? I almost see in his eyes. He starts like darting about. I'm like, he fucking knows how much they have on reserve. He knows. Yeah, be very interesting to actually know all those stats, but they'll ne never reveal them. No, it um, destroys their business. Yeah. Um, okay, after that one, um, what other points have we got? I didn't watch that video about um, which Darnell dropped in, so it might be one for next week about Ryan Leslie. Yeah. Um, and then we've got the um, Nigerian states ban access to banks and churches. So this isn't the whole of Nigeria, but certain states, as a way of coercing people into taking a vaccination, have said that people who do not will not be allowed into church, will not be allowed to, to bank with certain banks. So it seems a little bit, they seem to have picked two of the main things, you know, from an outsider's point of view, religious country, money's needed. I know they have flirt, flirted Bitcoin, which I suppose is a positive to come out of this. I know that people aren't going to put up with that shit because I think everyone's a little bit, um, what's the correct word for it? Not concerned, but almost 
they're looking at the vaccine going, why are you trying to push this as hard? Yeah, sceptical, yeah. Yeah, because you've got... So if we look at Nigeria's stats, there's 201 million population with the whole of Nigeria. How many deaths in 18 months? Um, 10,000. Just due, due to COVID? Yeah, yeah 10,000, yeah. 2,598. <laughs> and they're trying <laughs> to... Force people by doing banning from banks and churches, that which I kind so of small, yeah, because you know, That's like, like 0.01%. You can, you know, you can believe in, um, you know, vaccination medicine and so on, but I just kind of looked at it and went, What what on earth? That is very sinister, yeah. Because you, really, you try to you put this article in, and I just had a quick look at go, is, is Nigeria a religious country? It really is, only one percent of that country is atheist. 55% are Muslim, 45% are Christian. So they are a highly, one of the most religious countries in the world. And I was quite surprised. And then suddenly, yeah, it made sense why they're, they're doing this. Because now they know if you want to practice your religion, which 99% of that country want to do, they're going, well, the price of entry is now the vax. God wants just, you to have the vax. I just thought it was horrendous because I'm, really ve- I'm very pro-choice for whatever you want to do like you can have a vaccine you can not have a vaccine take your choice but to do that i just went doesn't make a lot of sense does it there's no logical good reason for that it's all about coercion right so there was a good article or not article there's a little video captured um that i saw on twitter uh, a couple of days ago and it was of the israeli prime minister of israel are the head of the covid cowan police and he was it was before a big meeting and it was a public meeting, but he didn't realise that there was the press were already in the back and they were zoomed in on him and he was talking to one of his mates next to him. And he went, and then this guy, I think, was asking a question. He went, yeah, I know there's no scientific evidence that, that proves we need to shut down these places and mandate vaccines. We're doing it to coerce people into making sure they do get the vaccine. And he got caught on camera just saying that outright. And, th- and this is just perfect explanation for it, right? This is this is just evidence right there. Because in at least in the UK, they're pretending that it's about the spread. And they're going, oh, no, big events like planes and stuff like that. You need the vaccine to go into those places, which we could kind of go, all right, maybe I could kind of buy that maybe if you are going to have a um, spread of a virus, having thousands of people in one small place it would do it. But when you're doing it in banks and churches, you know they are doing it because they want to get you where it hurts and they want to cut you off from your day-to-day life. If you can't earn money and you can't practice your religion, you can't live, you're out. So you're just going to have to go, fuck it, no matter what my views are, no matter how high the risks I think they are, I just have to get vaccinated um, because otherwise I can't live my life. And it's nothing to do with, oh, I won't go to big gatherings. I won't go to somewhere where there's a thousand people. I, I won't go on holiday. Fine, I'll, I'll opt out of those things. I value my health over those conveniences. When they shut banks and churches, you know they're doing it to hurt you. And there's no other. Yeah, I think the whole point of this is put, pull it back to Bitcoin. Yeah, you can't stop someone using Bitcoin. Yeah. yeah. And I think that, that's where it comes down because it is a bit of a funny one. I don't know what Nigeria is exactly up to. No, they're they're getting bribed off by the IMF and the WHO. It's the same guys, right? Same guys. They're going to get, they, they get, they'll be on big bonus schemes. How many vac- vaccines you give out? This is how much money you get. So the government are going, great, we want this free money. They're, they're corrupt as fuck in Nigeria. 
right from top to bottom. So government will be going, oh, great, the IMF are going to give us 500 million if we can get 80% vaccinated. Right, well, let's go. How do we do it? And they've probably tried loads of different things. No one's doing it because no one's getting ill. No one gives a shit. They're like, fuck it. Let's put security guards on our banks and churches. If you're not vaccinated, you're not coming in. That'll get 80% and we'll get our money. I guarantee that's what it will be. It'll be money motivated by corrupt politicians. <laughs> I need to get my tin hat out. Uh, you wait. We just let's have track the money from the IMF. Um, we, we had we had a good uh, like um, big moment. Our Bitcoin lesson of the week that we hit block seven hundred thousand on Bitcoin uh, this week. I, I was reading this and I was trying to better understand it. So you know, someone who's fairly new to the kind of arena, seven hundred thousand. Is yeah. it every hundred thousand which is celebrated? But it's just a round number. We're not like it's just a nice round number. Yeah, but is it do you know because it's it seemed a fairly so when it was six hundred thousand, was that a big thing? Yeah, yeah, it's just yeah, it's just a thing. But in reality, the, the real big number is two hundred and ten thousand, weirdly. Like Satoshi really likes two one, like twenty-one of everything. It seemed to go into everything, the twenty-one million Bitcoin. And then every twenty-one or two hundred and ten thousand blocks, that's the halving. Was that wasn't it a Jim Carrey film Twenty One, where it's the answer to everything? I remember seeing an advert, but I've never actually watched I think that it. Might be twenty three, but yeah, it's twenty something. Yeah, I was going to say it's twenty one. Maybe that's where Satoshi got his idea from. Yeah. Weirdly, I've I've actually I was talking to like or reading a developer thread the other day, and um, weirdly twenty one does really fit into binary really well, so it does fit quite neatly. So it looks like it did actually have some quite good reasoning for it. But yeah, it's just it's just a thing. It's just a nice little thing. 700,000 blocks. That's every 10 minutes for 700,000 times. Bitcoin has just produced a block with transactions in it flawlessly every single time. Congratulations, a, Bitcoin. It, it's actually quite upsetting because it is, it is 23, not 21, the movie. So it would have been quite funny if it's actually based around that. Yeah, it, it wasn't. It's not a <laughs> But yeah, and then the, then the the blockchain now is like you know 413 gigabytes, which is getting big, uh, but it's still not too bad. You know, that's run a financial ecosystem for 12 years, and it's 400 gigabyte. It's not bad. Reading the, the Twitter, the tweet which you sent round, it was saying that at 600,000 it was 8,000 dollars, and at 700,000 it was 45 um, and a half thousand dollars. So obviously, big difference in that kind of seventh um one kind of question which i have for you probably because my history of bitcoin is quite poor is around how finney because he had a notable quote on there i mean where does he fit into the story he seems like one of your early adopters from what i read yeah he he's the the very first bitcoin transaction that was ever done with satoshi to how finney and how finney died was it 2014 yeah, he had ALS, yeah. So you remember the ice bucket challenge thing? Yeah. Uh, he, he died quite suddenly of that illness. So he was very early, yeah, one of the first developers that was helping Satoshi um, build Bitcoin. Very first ever Bitcoin transaction ever on the network was Satoshi to help Finney. He's a legend. Uh, one of his only tweets he ever put on Twitter was just running Bitcoin, two words. And then, uh, yeah, he tragically died, yeah, quite soon after that. Um, but I think contributed a huge amount to Bitcoin, yeah. So he knew Craig Wright. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
it's um yeah the, the great Hal Finney is a great man and it's people like him where why oh yeah because he's quoted in that yeah yeah because he's literally quoted in that tweet that I did yeah yeah so that is Hal Finney's words yeah he's yeah he's um yeah he's a he's a complete legend and it's why people get so angry when people like Craig Wright try and take credit for this and yeah because people like Hal Finney are he's a it was a great man and um he should be given more credit than he deserves and not enough people know who he is because he because he died so soon after bitcoin got launched who who are the kind of original developers so obviously we, we all heard about satoshi we got hal finney there i mean i think you've mentioned one piece of todd but i don't know how how he fits in yeah he was right there at the beginning he was 16 when he first started helping um yeah we got greg maxwell we got luke dash jr jimmy song whole group of them probably about 50 guys I mean they all came in over the course um Adam back of course um were they just working from kind of like their bedrooms or you know offices or whatever and kind of chipping in or were they actually a group they were the cypherpunks so they were all on a um back in the day um a email uh, newsletter group where you could essentially it was just like a reply all backwards and forwards but it's for cypherpunks and you could sign up and they were just sending backwards and forwards the new story. It's it like before the internet really became the internet. So it's like they had their own little subreddit, essentially, where if you liked this stuff and it was all about hacking, encryption, you know, privacy, and just they were just chatting about random stuff. And Satoshi one day dropped the white paper into this email newsletter and went, have a look at this, guys. And they just went, what the fuck is this? This is money. You've reinvented money. And he went, yeah, I think I have, yeah. And they was like, shit. And they all started running it. And they were like, this is amazing. Like, And they're all, yeah, they're computer guys. Yeah, they were all developers, all had day jobs, developing for various companies. And then Satoshi drops a white paper into their little newsletter of like 100 people. And went, what do you think? Has this got legs? And he went, oh my God, this has legs. Yes. And then... One guy decided to set up a website for it. Another guy sets up a forum. Let's get more people in. And it all just balloons from the cypherpunks with about 50 people on email newsletter where Satoshi just dropped this in to then boom. Yeah, to the 200 million people that are using Bitcoin today. And this has evolved into basically photoshopped animals. I know. Satoshi would be rolling in his grave if you could fucking see it now. <laughs> well, I, I think he's just hidden away, whoever it is. I think he obviously took security um, seriously from the start. Yeah, that's part of his genius, right? You know, he he was so active on the internet. Like, he obviously had to drop a white paper and he had to email people. Then he was responding on forums. And, uh, yeah, people have tried to track his email, um, tried to track his post, his IP addresses, what time he was posting, how what language he was posting in, how he did his grammar, all these types of stuff. And no one can get him back to even a country. And he's just like, Satoshi, man, he knows his privacy. You don't get to track him. Right? All, all the servers just go to dead ends. It's like, there's one in the Ukraine and there's one in Belarus and there's one in Russia. It's like, we don't know where he was. <laughs> like, the, all, the, all these are just like red herrings. <laughs> it's like, it's fucking Satoshi, dude. You're not going to find who, who that is. Uh, yeah, so he's a legend. Um, yeah, so 700,000 blocks. Um, oh, we've got our, it's our last story, isn't it? Finally. Yeah. What were seven hundred thousand? Or have we got another one? We got one. I oh, I added it. I added it to your and finally one. It's one of my tweets. Yeah, um, oh, fucking um, hell! What have you tweeted, man? <laughs> this is a great tweet. 
Um, there's a great story. Weirdly, this, this is a bit of a um, callback to one of our earlier podcasts. We were talking about transgender people fighting. Oh, in God, we're really trying to get cancelled tonight. And we've had our first transgender fight. This isn't it, the first one. Uh, well, I think it is. No, it was um, the, 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 the one who ran man to woman and fractured um, the, woman, the other woman fighter's head. Um, skull and then they said oh no that you know it's just a freak and then she did exactly the same right. yeah right. so this is the second one but I've seen the picture of the guy when he was a marine and it's just <laughs> like Jesus Christ you know he's a killer he's a killing machine yeah this guy is massive I reckon he was pripping on steroids when he was a man and he is fucking huge and uh yeah and I weirdly I watched the fight uh, I actually I googled it and found this fight, and um, weirdly she was actually he's not a good fighter, he he can't fight. So in the first round, the girl that he is fighting is much taller, longer reach, and was just picking him off and like busted his nose up. But in the second round, he just got pissed off, grabbed her, wrestled her to the floor, broke her jaw, so she was like pissing out blood. I think blood was pissing out of her mouth. And then just grabbed her throat and like yanked it back and she just tapped. And then she was pissing out blood and couldn't speak at the end because her jaw was broken because he yanked it so hard. And it was like, it literally was just perfect like illustration of like a strong man against a talented technical woman where technique, she was easily better than him. And he just got pissed off realizing he was losing the fight, grabbed her, ragdolled her to the floor and basically ripped her neck off. And it was like, that is why men shouldn't fight women, because we can just win on pure strength, not anything to do with technique. And it's exactly what happened, because if that was a fair fight where he was not as muscly as he was, he loses that fight to that woman all day long. She was technically brilliant. But um, yeah, and, and I obviously put the South Park image in there with this like big, muscly Again, like bearded man holding up the medal for like the number one women boxer. It's like the yet again, South Park get it right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, I saw this story. I'm sure there's another MMA fighter who um, broke two skulls when they said the first one it shouldn't have happened. Maybe I'm maybe I've heard it wrong. And um, there's been you know obviously other examples which I've read about, and um, I think this it kind of backs onto the end of that. Or was it Laurel or something? Who's a New Zealand weightlifter? Admittedly, yeah. she didn't. She didn't win. But I watched her list, and it's almost like she just didn't even try because the amount of flack which she's getting. Yeah, she's already you know, the world record holder. She just went to the Olympics and then threw it. Yeah, I kind of watched it, and it's like she didn't even put the effort in. It it's was, like, uh, it was weird. Um, yeah, and she uh, but, did like double that weight before. She she's the world record holder already. She already won all the world champions. So she already let the cat out the bag. Yes, he did. Because I know that on that one is leading up to a lot of. Um, that was probably most publicity which anything's got. So yeah. I think that's I think there's just too much pressure for her to actually do it to show what she could do. Yeah. I don't think it's about the whole trans versus women. I think it's just the whole media storm which is going on. Because I think Bruce Jenner stepped in and said this shouldn't be allowed because it's physical. Not Bruce Jenner. What, what's her name now? Caitlin Ka- Caitlin Jenner is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Said this shouldn't be allowed. I'm pretty sure it was her. And um, then she got labelled as a transphobe. <laughs> I kid you not. Even though it's like, um, look, I used to have a dick down here and there's now a vagine. Yeah, exactly. How can I be transphobe? I'm one of them. You know, 
it's someone who is a well transsexual very publicly known person and used to be a pro athlete you know was i think america's like darling in the 70s when he smashed various different records for running so everyone loved him because i think he had various gold medals yeah he, he was olympic gold medal yeah yeah, so, you know, he knows what it is to win. He knows what it's to compete. Um, and for him to come out and say that it's not fair at all, um, you know, I wouldn't argue with that. Yeah. We, just, we just seem to have lost our way on these things. I know. And this is why, I, this is why like, obviously I love MMA. And I, but I know how dangerous that sport is. I've seen it every week when I watch it. And when, when I see transgender men come into women's sport, I just think, well, it's just disappointing because you're going to have to take medals off the, the women but normally there's no direct damage dealt you know if they're weightlifting or running or jumping whatever it might be but, like, I, but I disagree because people have spent you know the hours they've dedicated their life yeah. to the sport being the best and knowing they can be the best and then the someone to have a an unfair advantage against them and take it away you know I do disagree with that no I, I, I agree with you as in like they are taking away their achievements but they're not directly damaging their face and like taking their health, right? It's just, yeah. you're, you're, you're competing separately. So if someone just beats me, it's like, fine. I don't get the gold medal. I have to take silver today. I still think you stole the gold medal from that woman. You undoubtedly did. But in MMA, it is so much more brutal. Not only do you steal their achievement, you break their face. This is a fight. It's a fight to a certain extent to, to the death where you have to tap or be knocked out cold before you lose. And the way I saw that girl lose against this guy was so brutal and she couldn't talk afterwards. She was trying to like smile and she couldn't smile because her jaw was broken and she was bleeding out of her mouth. Like this is, this is just abuse. This is a man fighting a woman. Shouldn't happen. What the hell are we doing? Like this, I'm all for equality, but Jesus Christ, this is, we're going too far here. We should not be having men fighting women. Like women, I agree with women should be allowed to fight if they want to fight. Absolutely. But fight over women, Jesus. Now they're fighting men. And they're, this guy was a tough guy. He was in the army. He's an angry guy. Big. Obviously, probably did his steroids back in the day. Now, fine. He's freaking, he reckons um, he, could, he could bench 300 pounds at his top. And now he reckons he can only bench 200 or something. He's like, yeah, I'm so much weaker now that I've had to take all the women's hormones. I'm like, you're still benching 200, mate. Show me another woman that can bench 200. And uh, he's, he's, he's massive. And he, and he went in and he nearly ripped this girl's head off. I'm like, so how 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 far do you have to go until a woman dies? That's why that's why I think when I think this stops when a woman dies in the ring, um, being smashed to pieces by a man. I, I kind of hope it doesn't happen though. So, I, 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 I think it's going to take something like that for this to stop. So kind of talking about this because you labelled it as fiat fighting. Yeah. How do you fit? How do you fit it into Bitcoin? This topic. Yeah, it's because um, this is the whole, um, it feeds back into this like fat, lazy community that are worried about tiny issues um, as opposed to the real ones. So we're, we're, we're fat, we're lazy, no one's working, everyone's sat at home and we're worried about racism, transgender, sexism, or all these bollocks kind of small issues when in reality, your entire economy is being taken over by China and no one's doing anything of value in your in your like community uh no and, one knows. And, ha and half the people which you know are being driven into poverty at the moment yeah so yeah it's all driven from inflation people have given up 
and it's the whole divide and conquer. So our governments are making us turn on each other and go worry about the small stuff. So we're worried about which which um, toilet some girl can piss in, as opposed to how do we get out and manufacture our way out of some type of independence so we're not reliant on 70% of our products coming from China. No one is thinking about these things. Instead, we're focusing on making sure some guy that's had his dick chopped off can fight a woman in the ring and smash her face in. Like, no, we should not be allowing these things and like worrying about them and making sure these things happen more. We should just be focusing on the big stuff. And on a Bitcoin standard, people will be motivated to do it. They won't get free handouts from government. They won't be have time to worry about this bullshit. They will realize a lot of this bullshit is funded by fiat that goes into the media that gets us to worry about stuff that doesn't exist. So we don't think about the real issue, which is the fact is the people at the top hyperinflating our money and keeping us poor. Inflation. Bits, I think bits of it can always be debated, disputed, but I think there's some very good points around there because we are worrying about, we say it's a minor point, people would disagree, but I think we've got to look at some life and death situations. So at present, I um, looked at how we could, um, you know, how could I retire? How could I retire on an all right wage? So I was trying to figure this out based upon inflation of, I think I did 3%. And I would need millions to, re- to have an all right retirement. Nothing too flashy, you know, holidays to somewhere like Portugal, manage to stay in the house which I live and uh, so on. And it was millions. It was millions. It was like unbelievable amounts of money. And this is, you know, I'm someone who's planning for my retirement. Whereas I know, plenty, I know plenty of people... Plan, who, put it into cash though. Because even if you don't believe in Bitcoin, you'd put it into the stock yeah. market and make 10%. Yeah, exactly. But if you look at it from another perspective of people who are my age, who are not as um, proactive, how are they going to retire? It's actually, you're going to be worked into the ground because we're, we are on that massive trajectory of inflation where we're getting devalued so much. And I think this is, you know it kind of is a bit of a weird point, but we're arguing about this where we're not looking going in 30 years time, how are you going to retire? You're going to be working till you're dead at the moment because you won't be able to afford or you'll be homeless. It's going to be horrendous if we keep on going the way we are. Yeah. And And that's a a big issue. And you're thinking about that as well for people our age. Now relay it down to your kids. Their wages will be even less. House prices will be even more their student loans will be even more. It's just getting worse. And instead, we're worried about what toilet some five-year-old can piss in and whether she's got whether they've got a mask or they're vaccinated or not. What the hell are we talking about? None of those things matter. What matters is can that kid just earn a good wage, get a good education, and just live a nice life and bring up a family? Yeah, not be worked into the grave. Yeah. And not have to work silly amounts of hours to support their family. Yeah, and if they want to work nine to five until they're 70, they can knock themselves out. But in reality, it's like if you work hard and do a good job, because this is the thing, I don't know if it was on this one, but I looked into it the other day where they, they'd done a hundred year before and after. And they went a hundred years ago, the average wage was nine grand. Um, but then the average house price was like 24 grand, 27. Uh, so basically it was three years wages. And um, then they fast forwarded and they went 100 years later, the average wage was 30 grand. The average house price 
was 300,000. So the house price had more than 10x, but the wages of 3x. And you just go, Yeah, I think I saw the same infographic. Which this you is, did. This is what's happening, right? Our, our, and this is basically our um, grandparents grew up in that world. They grew up in a world where, you know, the average um, salary was less than 10 grand. But you would, um, the average mortgage length was seven years. You would pay off your mortgage in seven years. And then so you could pretty much choose at that point. You had your home. Imagine being like, the average person paying off their mortgage in seven years. Essentially, by this, this is why people were married and had kids all in their 20s because their house was paid off by the time they were 30. And you pretty much had your entire 30s and onwards. You could literally decide what you wanted to do. You could dedicate your life to your family. You could have a career. You could do whatever you wanted. In the world we live in today, where I think we're right on the limit where if you want a career and a family, you can just about do it in our generation. I think that breaks for our kids coming through. I don't think they can do that now. I think it's just too expensive. Wages are too low. House prices are too high. They almost just, if you want a family, you've almost got to agree to be in poverty because it means at some point someone's going to have to drop out and not have a wage. The kids are going to be so expensive. You're not going to be able to afford it. The house price is going to be crazy. And if anything, what you're going to be, what they will be doing is leaving debt to their kids because they wouldn't have paid off their mortgage. They wouldn't even have a house. It's like, yeah, yeah, you can have the house, but you have to also inherit 300 grand worth of debt as well. So maybe you just sell it and take some equity, but then you're like- Or, or everyone lives in my grandparents' house. Yeah, it's, I, I honestly, this is where I think this like, we just need hyper-Bitcoinization ASAP because if this goes on for another generation, it's, I, I, I honestly, it, I think it just implodes anyway. So I think it's it's just one of those things. That I, I think I think we very much are at the end, and yeah. it's just but it's how it happens, and like the petrodollar's dying. It's like you could argue the the reduction or dependence upon petrol will cause it by getting rid of intellectual cars, but they're going to find something else. You know, I'm, I've, I know I've heard some various theories which may be incorrect, but they've led it onto the various other things. So they're not going to get up out of the fight but it is a flawed currency. And, you know, we talk about various things which I think are either conspiracies or on the verge of conspiracies, but the fact is inflation is not. Just look at the look at the data. The data is there for you to see. And the graph goes like this. Right? <laughs> That's the monetary supply. It's weird, like, just a, another little anecdote or example, literally from today, I just went out to this um, pub and, like, went out for lunch and... Um, they just randomly closed. They went, oh yeah, we have to close. I was like, what, what, why are you closing? They're like, we have no staff. Um, the staff haven't turned up. We've been trying to hire for months and um, no one wants jobs. I went, oh, I, is... and I just, I, just, I just took this opportunity to go, oh, talk to me more about this. And like, well, how, uh, what's going on? They're like, yeah, all the, the students have come back, but none of them want jobs. And uh, we've been hiring, we've been trying to get them in. We've even upped the, the wage. We're like two pound above minimum wage. And I'm just like, this is yet another little signal where random just good businesses where I would kill for that job when I was work, when I was young to try and get in and then work for like freaking £2.50 an hour or something to wait tables. And now we've got to this point where everyone is so wealthy. Pubs, literally, they, they kicked us out at three o'clock because there's when we have no staff, um, I need to go pick up my kids and I have no one to look after the place. So I got to close up and as I am, I've never done this for 15 years. I went in this place. I've never had to close like this. I've always had staff. So, 
so the kids wouldn't work. I don't really get how that how that works. Because they everyone's just too rich. This is all like sign of society, right? Everyone's on furlough. Everyone's lazy. No one. Everyone's been used to being on lockdown. They've gone off to university. They're accepting the free money, and I just don't think like people have a work ethic, and um, yeah, we're just not. We haven't got people aren't hungry, and um, they're, they're too worried about sitting on Facebook and Twitter all day arguing about transgender rights. And uh, voting for <laughs> God, here we go. More cancellation. Voting for oh, actually, here's another little this a little thing before we before we go is did you see the pictures that come out from the gala from last night? There's what this gala. Every, I, there's there's every year there's this like big gala in America. I'm not really sure what it is, and everyone seems to virtue signal at this gala. So AOC turned up. You know who she is, right? She's like. Oh, she's the new New Jersey. She's the one who everyone loves because she's young, attractive, black. But she's a socialist, yeah. Yeah. So this 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 gala, it's thirty grand per seat to sit at a table, have a meal, and a load of wine. She comes in this beautiful white dress, and on the back it says "Tax the Rich." And then there's another woman that comes in, there with a massive gown, a massive like, what's it called, like cape on the back of it and it says equality for women all the way down the back of it and next to her is a whole line of waitresses all with masks on and she's sat there right in the middle in a gown on a red carpet no mask equality for women <laughs> and it's like and and then aoc is standing there tax the rich you were a 30 grand fucking seat meal love yeah and you're you're yeah, I think that AOC, if you actually found all the kind of incomings into her accounts, she's going to be a multimillionaire, isn't she? It, it just like, if you want to define virtue signaling, those two examples, you just, I find something better. <laughs> you're saying tax the rich at a 30 grand a seat meal. You're clearly the rich. You're saying tax yourself. Oh, no, no, not me. That guy. Yeah, of course you are. Equality for women. A proud woman standing there like this, all like fucking a line of waitresses all masked up. You don't mean equality for women. You mean equality for rich people. The poor that are going to serve you your drinks and your food are all masked up behind you. What the? F so how are you going to end this episode? I did the really poor intro. You got to do the ends. Okay. Well, this is what episode we are on. Episode 22. And uh, yeah. Yeah, it's been a good episode, I think. Bullish Bitcoin, banter and bullshit. Episode 22. Over and out. Let's get out of here. Au revoir. Have fun staying poor, bitches. Yeah, fellow plebs, if you want to hear us, then <laughs> yeah, tune in.